there. My name is Michael Govier, and you are listening to The First Day Pod. My co-host, Leanne Hello, and myself welcome in Omaladi Williams. Omaladi is doing tremendous work. She's trying to improve the situation in workplaces all over when it comes to cultural inclusivity. You could check out her website and all the information related to it in today's show notes. Omaladi has a lot of experience. Omaladi is all about improving and opening up the conversation when it comes to cultural inclusivity at the workplace. People who are more than qualified are being dismissed for job opportunities because of the color of their skin or because of their immigrant status. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and please share this one because we feel it is a very important show. Now it's time for the First Day Pod. Good evening. Welcome into the First Day Podcast. It is the latest episode of our show. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month, so let's all give ourselves a pat on the back, you know, and a hug. We should all do that. We are live. I am your host, one of your hosts, Michael Govier, at MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R, on Twitter. And, of course, my co-host, my one of the, she's just as much of a host as I am. It's a running joke I make. Leanne, hello. Hi, Leanne. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, Leanne. You know, we have a guest today. Oh. And, I, and I, before before we introduce our wonderful guest, want to yeah. make sure you guys are following the show. First Day Pod at ProtonMail.com is our email. You can contact us about anything, anything mental health related. Even if it's not mental health related, we are here to serve you. And, of course, First Day Pod, Twitter, Facebook, our YouTube channel. That's where you can link, subscribe, and click the notification button. Every time we go live, we always go live every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And lastly, our book club on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Every Monday night, we do the book club. And we're finishing up our book right now called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And it's quite interesting, actually. We do books that are nonfiction so we can learn from other people and other things about this world. Having said that, Leanne, would you please introduce our guest? Of course. I'm so excited. Oh, this is going to be such a good conversation. So um, we've got Omalade and where we can call her Lottie. I, I just love your name. Um, Williams. And she is, I love this. I had her give me a bio um, and it says, I am about immigrant inclusion to foster inclusion relationships that bridges equal opportunity in the recruitment of racialized, marginalized black professionals, courageous, uncomfortable conversation. And then she ended with, let's talk. So I am so excited for this. Oh, oh it is going to be so good. What she said. So on, I always like to ask, and we always ask before, is there anything that's kind of, you know, you don't really want us to ask or bring up? And she was like, no, this is unfiltered. Just let's have a great conversation. So I am Indeed. super excited to have you here, Lottie. Thank you for having me. It's such yeah. a pleasure. Oh, it's going to be yes. so good. So, um, one of the one of the things so right there it says blacksis.ca i want you guys to go to her website she really lays out a mission that she is trying to do and we talk a lot about having diversity and inclusion in our workplaces um and it's kind of like a it's a nice thing to say but a lot of people are just doing it to do it and they're not getting it. And so Lottie has this concept of really getting um, the culture of inclusion and understanding the culture. And so that 
conversation needs to be had. And I'm so grateful that you are going to be having this with us here. So what exactly kind of does that mean for people that are listening that like, what is the difference? Well, the difference is, um, as you guys know, diversity and inclusion is everywhere now. And Mm -hmm. um, I I see that, um, well, the employers are doing really hard to ensure that they've maintained the standard that has been imposed on them. Okay. Now, um, the issue now that we need to consider, are we looking, are we considering multicultural or are we considering multinational? What's are we looking the at the, yes, are we, are we looking at the what or are we looking at the how? Mm. Nice. Right? Right. So, um, and also, let's throw in the mix, um, different shades of color. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Canada is based and. Basically, it's a country of immigrants from different works of life, and we all sort of like different shades. Mm-hmm. However, if you do a survey or you do an um, optical observation, you would think that there are no diversity in the workplace. But then when you speak to ethnic minorities, if they all look almost similar, they could tell that there's diversity because of the way they speak or their culture. Okay. So all I'm about is more of the darker shades, black, like myself. We've got a lot to offer, but mm-hmm. we're not included. So tell and them it, a little bit about your story. Okay. So my story is, I don't mind. Um, my story is that moving into moving to Windsor, I haven't been in, in Canada for a good number of years, but I've been in Windsor for si- about six years now. I've not been able to secure a professional role job within Windsor. I mean, I... Six years? In six years, yes. I've not even been able to... I walk to an office door, but that doesn't mean that that's where it ends. I have to go to the back door. I have to go to the back to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, what What is your... Uh... By, by the way, just so, what are you uh, certified in? What can you? What do you offer as a professional? Just my so background is tech, my background is technology. I'm quite, um, um, I'm educated to master's degree, but I've got mm-hmm. a number of certifications as in, in micros. I was I would I use the word words in technology now because I've not had the opportunity to to practice my skill set. So I would say was, but Microsoft certified. I mean, I've got industrial management. I've got diploma in technology. So. Um, I've worked. I've worked across the board, from being, um, from working from local organizations to charity to governments, and now I've worked in corporate. Corporate, where I've been in charge of um, product, uh, product, where I've had to travel across Europe. So I've had done it. So I'm very fortunate. I have to say that I have lived my education. However, in England, I'm British. I'm British born of African descent. So, but I speak, I feel privileged in that aspect. The only thing I think I have an issue with is my level of income. But again, I'm very, I'm a go-getter. I'm a, I don't let anything phase me. So I have to pay my bills and right. just take whatever comes my way. However, I mean, even in England, I felt the same way. And I did, I did work with a few people. But however, I find that a number of black professionals, because I'm, I'm homing in on that, mm-hmm. and I have my reasons for doing that. Uh, black professionals have spent so much money in their country to get educated, and getting into Canada most times, like I did, I came on my skilled workers program, under the skilled workers program, 
and obviously our qualifications have been vetted. So I mean, so if we do, if if it's not vetted positively, then you have a problem getting under that program. But so you promised a job when you get here, or you feel that you'll get a job, or you're coming with a job. Makes but sense. on a but arrive on arrival, it's a, it's a different ball game altogether. You know. So, so what's most happening? Well, you find uh, you would find a lot of medical people who are really well um, educated, uh, qualified specialists. Be work most. I'm not saying all. This is my disclaimer. This is my own personal observation, right? Mm -hmm. And right. this is from talking, discussing with people, different levels, different walks of life, wherever we find ourselves, and they struggle to get a job. They end up being PSWs or working in call centers or work, working on factory floors being managed by people who are not even as qualified as they are. Yep. So it's, it's really, really painful. I, I think it's more painful when you find that you can do the job that the person is, that the person that supervises you doesn't even know how to do very well. Oh yeah. And sometimes, like I tried to do a couple of times, going into the factory because my uh, master's is in innovative manufacturing, you get into, um, you get into a job in a factory and thinking that, okay, you are established there, your attendance is good, you've not been sick, mm -hmm. you've done what they've, you've, you've been instructed to do and everything like that, and you're looking for a where, right? right you apply right. for jobs. Yep. But the moment you start doing that and the supervisor feels threatened, obviously you're shown the door. I mean, it's, it's a known thing because um, it's who you know. I'm not saying it's, it's limited to Windsor, but so far in Windsor is who you know for you to yeah. get in. And those who are in positions have been there years mm. because of their father, uncle, daughter, whoever has got them in there. And mm -hmm. that range, and that that goes from even the the city hall, which I've sent mm. in a number of um, applications to, which have they've not acknowledged. You know, so I mean, these are the struggles of. I mean, as I said, I've lived my education, but these are my struggles, which I know that a few people have already um, um, endured, and it's not nice. I don't feel it's a nice thing because, um, you know, it's it, there's a cascading effect, right? If you come in as a parent with your kids, and you cannot earn the money or be comfortable for you to lead by example for your kids. Right. The ramification of it is huge. The mental, mm -hmm. the stress. If you mm -hmm. have to work 16 hours, double the job of someone working in an office, mm -hmm. by the time you get home to look after your kids or sit with them, you're stressed already from the politics in the office or wherever you're working at. Right. And then you don't have the um, capacity to give as much to your kids. Yeah. And then yeah. you try to send your kids to school and they would say, well, what's the point of me being educated when you've got all the qualifications and, I, and you haven't got a job to, to show for it? Right. So there is a, there is a cycle of, um, uh, they're, just, they're just issues, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing I have an issue with also is that you, once anyone applies for a job, they, they, the um, emboldened statement is that you have to have Ontario qualification or Canadian Canadian experience. Please tell me anywhere on the website where you can go find that, because I'm sure a lot of people will find that, will go look for it and mm -hmm. try to adhere to it. Now, what is when, that? Is that just given by the corporation, like just by the business, or is that like a mandated thing? Because if you're coming in on a skills, then you that shouldn't be a part of that. Correct. Well, I mean, when you go for when you go looking for work, especially in Windsor, they want you to have Ontario qualifications or Canadian experience. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you can't do that if you volunteer, and that is if both, if you come in with a partner who can work while you do the volunteering aspect of it. Right. But if you're on your own and you have bills to pay, then how much of volunteering work can you do for you to be able to build the experience up? And right. all these are like ideas that I, I mean, experiences I've lived. However, these are things that I know that are faced. These are issues that are faced and that's, I mean, I'm hoping that we can address it a bit more. So my my business is to to be the kind of like middleman for the for the immigrants coming in to try to explain to them what is expected by employers. And then for the employers, especially the employers to understand that the immigrants coming in are really skilled professional people. Mm-hmm. They used to hold very high education and um employment where they came from but it just happens that their name may be difficult to pronounce they may have an they may be able to speak proper english but the accent is in place right you know so we should find there should be a a negotiation negotiating leverage in place Mm -hmm. so that we both the employers benefit from the skills and the employee benefits from getting a job that would be mentally stable and healthy Right. Well, one of the problems here is the even the common worker or just like, you know, the average typical worker has less and less say and leverage in the overall market. So if you throw in the fact that you're an immigrant coming over, you, if a common worker is already at a disadvantage, they're being pushed down even further. I don't need to tell you this. I'm just kind of laying, I'm kind of thinking out loud about this, the mm-hmm. absolute mm-hmm. challenge and the increased difficulty there is for anybody who's coming to a new country. And I just don't know, what can we do here? What can be done? You're, you're helping people as a middle person, as a a linkage. You link mm-hmm. people together and you try to maybe minimize some of the pain that you've clearly gone through. I mean, six years, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely it ludicrous. But I guess I have a couple of questions here is what can you do and what is the main problem? Is this just straight up bigotry, cultural insensitivity, uh, a stereotypes? Uh, you know, I want to hear from you. I, I, I wouldn't like to point a finger first and say that the other side is at fault. Okay. I mean, because some of us, I mean, there are two segments of being black. You have, you could be, you're black, the black professionals that migrate, immigrate into Canada. And then you have the black that have been born and raised in Canada. Okay, so I'm speaking for the black immigrants because those who were born and black, sorry, born and raised in, in Canada or within Windsor, for example, have not walked in the shoes of the immigrants. So right. they may be in position to help, but we don't help each other. I have to put it out there. I don't care what they think of me, but we don't help each other. Yeah. That blew my mind when you told me that, yes. Yeah, we don't help each other. I mean, they see us differently. I mean, I've been told maybe I'm black and I've been told I've not been in winter long enough to to have a voice or to speak for other black people. So if I'm experiencing that from my side of the fence, (laughs) sorry? Who's determines that, right? Who is the decider? Well, you know, there's some people who, I mean, there's this thing about, where they for have they been here long enough because of who their parents were or whatever i don't know whatever the excuse are but the funny thing is the person and this is a habit in writing the person who said this is even supporting is meant i should say meant to be there for the immigrant woman 
women into winter. I am an immigrant and I was told that. So if I can't get it from my side of the bag of my, of my right. fence, why would I be looking at others of people to say, so there is education that's needed. Yes. Educated Literally. education on the, on the part of, on the side, on the, on the subject of understanding what we have, what we bring to the table, how we think, what we, mm-hmm. what we know, mm-hmm. you know, um, and how we approach. So basically on this, I'm not going to say, I mean, education is really great. I mean, for me, I mean, there's so many positive aspects to um, diversity and inclusion. And in my part, on my part, for diversity and inclusion to be implemented, I wouldn't even say implemented, adopted, adapted yes. successfully, mm-hmm. you have, there should be education on the culture. Yes. When we go work in an organization, there's a cultural, um, um, there's a culture we need to learn, right? The culture is maybe um, you have a break at 15, every 15 minutes or within the hour, whatever the culture, that's a culture. Right, right. So so for me or for anybody might immigrating into Canada has to understand the culture of the Canadian side of of, of working. Let's talk about work, working to start mm-hmm. with, okay? Mm-hmm. But then the employers have to understand also the immigrant, okay? If 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 we if you want to if an employer would employ an immigrant, then you have to understand why we don't look you in the eye when you're talking to us. Right, that and explain res- that, that. That is respect. It's disrespectful. I mean, I was born and raised in England, but I have I was raised also on cultural on cultural background as well. So you cannot stare your parents or anybody you think is in authority in the eye because it's disrespectful. And it's also a matter of humility as well, because we do not go out and tout our hands, depending on what side of what culture, what country or wherever you're from, what where, where your culture is, because there's some people who need to show up and say, I know. And there are some people who are very quiet. They don't talk at all. So it's not because they don't know what they what you want them to know. It's just that they're made that way. That's the Which way is a they human. Grow. Right. It's a, well, it is. Well, you mm-hmm. would think so. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things, there's so many issues that I feel goes against us to a great extent. Our names, right. okay, if you cannot pronounce, we, don't, so we, we as Africans, let me put it that way, we take pride in our name. Mm-hmm. So we don't change it. And again, I keep saying to people when they can't pronounce my name, I'm not offended, I'm not offended if you cannot pronounce it. But I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. If my dad gave me that name. He didn't think of putting in an English name or mm-hmm. a westernized name to make it easier for me to default mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> right it's a and my name has and my name has meaning i'm proud of it right yeah. so ask me how to pronounce it like you did and mm-hmm. and ask me the meaning of it if you yeah. want to know what the meaning of it is for example which we do yeah <laughs> which we do also i mean I, I, my dad gave me four names right they all mean something like the blessings of god or god i thank you for having you know that kind of thing they all have meanings beautiful right yeah but then you have also uh, our our approach, our mannerism. You know, mm-hmm. you you talk to us, we don't look in the eye. Mm-hmm. Muslims, you don't shake the woman's hand or something. I'm not so afraid with that. But they also have their own aspect of religion or culture that they you have to understand, right? Right. right. Um, if you give us a, a problem to to solve, we we have to take a time to understand the why sometimes, or so maybe. Something the way we approach it, we all approach from different um, angle. And again, it depends on when you went to school as well, where the education you had at the time, 
when you ask me a question, I'm taking so long to answer it. That's how I was raised. Explain yourself, clarify your answer. Let us know you know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. But then some people, when you write, they say, it's too long. I've had my manager tell me, that's a lot too long. Just give me two sentences. And I'm struggling <laughs> to give it to you in two sentences, what I want you to know that, re that resulted to where I got to. Right. So right. there's so many things that, and I'm not asking employers to go learn every country on the, on the continent or on the African continent, for example, but just have an idea that people have culture. Why are they behaving this way? Mm -hmm. You know, why, why do we not sort of like jump up and use foul languages? We don't F and blind easily, mm -hmm. you know? And if, I mean, if you want to go out, I mean, companies allow people to smoke as many times as they want. Why don't you allow people to go pray as, as often times as they want to pray as, as their religion allows them to? Right. You know, when someone is fasting, why don't you understand when they're fasting so that you know that they'll be weak or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. You know, when you employ people, why don't you ask something about their background to help you understand how to accommodate them? Mm -hmm. Now, also, is there a part of it that is, and this is going to sound, this is, Go anyway. for it. <laughs> is there a part of as the as the employer um, and they want to have inclusion and they want to have diversity, but then there's like you said, there's there's a, a quite a big difference in having like a, a Muslim person that is going to be praying quite a bit or having somebody that is maybe Asian that will be it'll be diverse, but then we mm -hmm. won't have to worry about these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, having them in here we need to have all of this diversity because not because of the color of their skin and not because of that because the conversations that happen and the ideas that come in so is that something that that needs to be explained too like the when you talk about the culture do you not also mean that like what they bring to the table so not just allow us to to continue our culture here um, where the employer will say, well, this is just going to be, it's going to be too much work. Mm -hmm. It's going to be too much time off. It's going to be too much, all the benefits that are going to come from it. Well, you see, the thing is, I mean, that's why I said there should be a negotiation, negotiating um, leverage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how do we accommodate um, parents who've got children? Right. You know, young ones. I mean, some places don't. We we know that. I mean, how many times kids get sick? You don't. You, there's no. There are no um, manuals to tell you when they'll fall ill. Right. You know, and and stuff like that. Same thing with any other culture. I think you have to include. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, um, if if one comes in and says, "Well, I go to I go to church on Sundays." Mm -hmm. Right, Muslim goes to they use they go to mosque on Fridays. That's the main day for prayers, right? Mm -hmm. And the Seventh Day Adventist goes to church on Saturday. Now, depending on where you fall, if you work on a Monday to Friday, if you work in the like a sedentary kind of work where it's Monday to Friday, then see if on a particular Friday or if it's 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 not going to be every Friday. But if you can work it like the days like special occasions you need to go and you don't and we need a vacation to take to have a mental break and also was the word chill you know get away from everything so we cannot use our vacation time just for um everything that we can make allowances for so why don't we have why don't we say okay next week friday i'm taking it off 
I don't want to use my vacation time. I don't want to use my sick day. Can I work extra hours? Mm -hmm. Right? And if it's shift work, and um, if it, like shift work, parents don't like, or they want the accommodation where they can go to work and be home in time for their kids or whatever. Why don't you have the same negotiation with the Muslim person and say, okay, if you want to go to church, if you want to go to mosque on Friday, would you be willing to work extra hours or do you want to come late? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Let's see how best we can work together on this. And I feel so, like this is a conversation that also needs to be happening in this, like in the universities and in the colleges, like not as a, not as a, an elective, like if, mm -hmm. because the people that are electing to take those classes already get it. Like they already, they're choosing because they want to become better at it, mm -hmm. but it should be like a business course that is mandatory, just like accounting, just like economics, which you're not going to mm -hmm. be using them. A lot of business people don't even end up using what they learn in no. accounting 101, but they're going to use a class like this so then they can understand because just the basics of what you were saying about the making the eye contact in an interview, that could be a, okay, she's out because she doesn't have any respect for me. She's exactly. obviously hiding something. She's mm -hmm. obviously in all of these things because of our culture. Mm -hmm. And then we put that on you and we have no idea that you're actually being more respectful. Mm -hmm. So. And also, I mean, basically, I mean, I find that among other, some cultures as well, when they do very well, they, they, they don't, they don't go out there shouting that I did it. Right. Mm -hmm. They're very mm -hmm. humble. Mm -hmm. They'll just just shy away into the corner and think, okay, well, it's been done. Why bother? Mm -hmm. You know. So there's so many aspects of it that needs. To, and you're right. You know, um, HRs as well as from the top level, they should really. I mean, my thing with inclusion, and and I say this because I see that a there are a lot of certification programs out there now, and I'm thinking we all lived experience. Why would you want to certify me if I were to go for HR position, for example? You want me to go take the diversity and inclusion course? Why would I want to do that? I'm a lived experience. I know, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So I mean, but again, that's a different subject altogether because there are reasons why they may have it because they're throwing in things like microaggressions and all those kind of things. But then I don't think it's so much that as in how you say it, how you approach it, what words you use. I mean, if I go, if I'm at the uh, water cooler, you come up to me and say, "Hey, Larry, how are you doing today? I like your name." Do you, does it mean anything? Mm -hmm. And then where are you from? I mean, I would say you want to be educated, so I will talk to you nicely. But then yeah. when I do something, just say, where do you think you're from? That you, you know, like, and then you have to start thinking, why are you talking to me like this? Right. So there are different ways in which we approach. Mm -hmm. And then inclusion, there are different ways in which, I'm not saying that organizations should spend billions of dollars re reviewing their policy or revising their policy. I'm not saying they should or they shouldn't. But just like how we have, just by the toilet, we have wash your hands when you finish the toilet. <laughs> they, could, <laughs> they could have something. That's just just, just um, administration work. Like, right. please ensure that when you order food, make sure you check to see if everybody's not, not don't check if they're vegetarian or meat lovers or whatever it is. Figure out what don't might we, be of interest in it. <laughs> don't we have basic... And by the way, we're talking with Omaladi Williams, and she has a website, www.blaaccess. So it's Blaaccess, basically, blaaccess.ca. 
please check that out. You can also follow her on Twitter, which I've done at capital B L A access. So it's black access basically with the first three letters capitalized underscore C A. Sure, of course. That's why we have you on here. We want to learn, promote wisdom, education, empowerment. All of these things are important to us. But my point here is don't we have some protocols already in place that aren't even being followed? So, um, like, you're talking about these, like, these, you wash your hands. It's a basic sign by the toilet, right, when you leave. Sure. But then there are technically, there are technically basic protocols, even in law. There's laws that give certain rights and certain expectations to people, but they're still not followed. So how do we get over that? This is the problem here. Even if something is, if a law was passed or a company changed their policy in paper, doesn't matter what it says on the paper because people are still there's just like these unspoken agreements right you know this yeah and i'm glad you brought that up hence because i with my business i'm not out there to sort of like reinvent the wheel with powerpoint slides and um (laughs) webinars and i'm sure everybody's all zoomed out and everything else let's have a conversation let's talk so something i mean having a meeting for example and uh um, maybe you want to order food. You need to know basically who the attendees are and try to feel let them feel included. Mm-hmm. Good point. Just that alone is not written. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. inclusion. That is being that's feeling valued. That's feeling like you're counted. You you matter to them. So a they care like about you. What may thing may be seen as a little thing. Even that mm-hmm. can be helpful. Hey. Yes. Do you have certain preferences? Uh, do you have food allergies? Is there certain things you don't eat? Vegetarians, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But they should extend it to the culture w- within the, the, the diversity they have within the organization. You see, it's, I mean, um, it's getting, I would say it's getting slightly better depending on who management is. With the Asians, it's, it's almost, I think, second nature that they know that most of them don't eat meat or they're vegetarians or vegan. So you find out basically what it is. Extend it to the black. And I'm talking black. I'm not talking ethnic minorities because in organizations, as I said, there are many people who are lighter skinned, but they blend in. But us black people, the visible minority are just not there. Either in leadership roles, as you know, like, I mean, professional roles or when it comes to opportunities to be promoted, they're not counted. Mm-hmm. So I give you an example. I work for, I work uh, within a farm and I um, basically last year when I had my performance appraisal, let, let's say I'm the worst worker. Let's say I'm not even adhering to anything. My attendance is hundred percent. I have not been late, but they could not even give me the top mark for attendance. What? the top mark so if it's five out of five give me five right yeah right right i haven't i didn't overuse i I, I mean i still had vacation and everything else Mm -hmm. but they couldn't give me i mean the reason why i point that out is because that can be quantified and proven right you can say i'm not good at my job you can say that i'm rude or whatever it is but at least my attendance is there (laughs) so (laughs) that is so that is something i go go i mean i go with right yeah. Something can be proven and right. I still couldn't get the top marks for it. Wow. Uh, uh, let's do on that for a minute. We have a question from the audience. Uh, Ed. Hello, Ed. Good to see you, buddy. Hey, Ed. Ed's in our book club, by the way, every Monday night, 8 p.m. You can contact us and we'll send you the Zoom link to our book club. Yeah. Hi, question, Ed. Do you... <laughs> hey, look at that. 
Do you think it's the employer's responsibility to know about other cultures or the employee's job to know the Canadian culture? I believe it could be helpful if the employee educates the employer. What do you think of that? That is that before getting the job or after getting the job? I was job? just going to say, what, in the interview? <laughs> well, since, yeah, since we're referring to those employee or employer, I assume it's after the job. Right. If it's after the job, again, that is where inclusion comes in. Is there, do they have a suggestion box where you can put in ideas? And how do you, because I've been in organizations where they have suggestion box boxes, and how do you know that they even read it? They open it to do anything about it. Right. The, on, the only act that employers do is where they know they'll be audited and get into trouble for. And once you make an attempt to, and I'm not saying, I'm not, this is not, a, this is not, um, this is my own take, right? I'm not quoting anybody. I'm not putting anybody out there. This is just sure. me saying because it's my lived experience. Mm -hmm. And if you go ahead and say something, then you'll be earmarked as a troublemaker or you're being difficult. Right. When yep. you point out things time and time again. That's how so, you suppress That's how you suppress workers for centuries, really. Yes. Oh, this yes. person's going to talk? You're out. Next person realizes, oh, the last guy got fired for talking, so I'm going to shut my mouth. And the number of people I've worked with and on the uh, like within factories and all that, and you ask them, why do you put up with this or why do you like this? Or listen, I'm only here for the money. But then obviously you could see the mental impact. That's the whole of, thing here, yeah. Of yeah, you can see the mental impact of such um, of such behavior from the employers or or um, supervisors, whoever that's in place. And what is and that? I, what is that impact? I, I, I was just going to give you an example. As a white person who um, is within an environment where maybe it's stressful, you're dealing with customers, following or doing taking orders and all that, and then you're working with people on the front line doing stuff. The person in the office is allowed to be temperamental, shouty. Moody, mm. they don't get fired based on that. But then, when they go talk to the frontline staff, who is an ethnic minority person, if the person doesn't smile or has an attitude or says, "Don't talk to me like that," they pull the person into the office to tell them off. It's a similar thing that happens to women specifically as well. It is on a woman-to-woman thing too. I'm telling you about though. So no, no yeah. But I'm just saying that you're talking about mental impact. So if I were to work on that when I had a young kid, I would be shouted at. Um, it's not going to bode well. And I go home and my kids start falling over crying and telling them, tell me they want something when I know that I may not work tomorrow because I'm so tired or fatigued or mentally depressed. Right. So we have to look at the, the long term, the impact, the cascading impact of lack of understanding of how we feel, how we make people feel included or part of, or feel valued. Okay, this is going to be, this is going to be wrong to say, but I know that people are thinking this because it was kind of in Ed's thing a little bit about the Canadian culture. So here's the thing is, um, at what point is it a corporate culture um, that the people just have to handle, like they just have to live by it? Like, uh, like uniform 
for example, just like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the way that we are. We always wear like these shirts. We always do this. We always, we only take our breaks at these times. We only do like all these things that are, well, the breaks aren't because you made a very good point for that. Um, but for things that, um, have just been in the corporate culture, um, and then, I guess they they may be worried about not just coming in and saying, nope, I don't want to do any of that. I want to, this is like, I come in late because we're more nonchalant with our time. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I will be here at nine o'clock or nine 30 or whenever, um, or whatever it might be. Where do you draw the line of, of, um, being, um, inclusive and then being um, kind of just just negating everything that your your company stands for kind of thing. Like I have a really difficult time because everything you're saying seems and very I, and simple. I, and I get what you're saying. So, and I can assure you of one thing that I don't think other than myself, I have to say, I mean, um, because maybe because I was raised in the Western world, but there's there are no immigrants migrating into another country or immigrating into a country that they don't know about that country or how they operate. So okay. for example, my son, I was speaking to my son, my son is in England. Um, they went through cadet when they were younger and he's now in the, in the Navy. And we're talking yesterday and I, and I said to him, I really wanted you to move to, into Canada with me. He said, mom, Canada has nothing to offer me. And I was taken aback and said, you're very, you're very cheeky. He said, no, mom, I researched to see what their cadet offerings were. I researched where you are right now. I researched the mentality of where you are right now. So immigrants do do do, do have them, do make them, do carry out an in-depth um, research to know about it. So when it comes to the work culture, uh, you're talking about employment, most organizations have an induction period two mm -hmm. to three weeks where you're inducted. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I would believe if you're not, if you're not a very outspoken person, then the, obviously there's an issue. I'm not saying it's all right or all wrong on the, on the immigrant part, but you ask questions. Mm -hmm. So they do housekeeping, for example, right? And they show you where the bathrooms are and everything else. I mean, you could ask for what you need in the bathroom. Is it possible for me to have this as a Muslim so I could wash my face and hands when I'm ready or whatever it is. I'm just right. giving an example. I'm throwing it out there. Right. So there's always, I'm sure there are the, or most organizations have an induction period process where they get yeah. to know you and say, have you got any issues, anything you want us to be aware of and, and, and the like. So this is where this, so when you were talking, we were talking about this in, I think, one of our networking groups, and um, you were talking about what you do and, and going and kind of doing a walk around, like you walk uh -huh. around and, and see uh -huh. what's going on with this. So this wouldn't help as much with the um, with hiring or the interview, but with the people that are already there. So then you can become the voice of those people. So then they're not having the issue of having to say it, and then they're the, uh -huh. the person that's speaking up. That's... Yes. And then that would benefit the the employers employer, yeah. You as see, well the as thing the is, 
most organizations, anyway, speaking from a professional standpoint, yeah, you go, you go, um, you apply for a job. I mean, let me take it from England where you would apply for a job. You ask questions about who the manager is, how many people they've got um, working for them. And possibly you could be as daring and ask them why the last person left. Hmm. And then they walk, they walk you around the, the, the establishment. I think they do that in Canada as well, where they walk you around the organization, establishment so that you know whether it's somewhere you would like to have clean or how, whatever it is that you have to look at, you know, and kind of thing. So yes, I mean, it, it is a require, but some people are so timid because you spend so much time looking for work. You just go, okay, yes, 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 yes. Let me sign. I need a job. Right. Yeah. Bills are coming in. Right. Yeah. Oh, this is, there's a sense of de desperation with anybody. Mm -hmm. Anybody's looking for a job, which is universal there. So some of these parts, are universal issues to the work environment, but then some of them are very specific to cultural insensitivity and lack of inclusion. So I, yeah, I, and see, I, 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 see I think a simple, I think I'll give you a simple example. Um, in any environment, especially where you have a lot of immigrants, maybe the farming, the, the, the factories and all that, you just take a look at the vending machines. It's either sugar or salt items in there. Right. Or meat or cheese or whatever in sandwiches and stuff like that. Hmm. Now, if you have, if you have in like fact on the factory floor, you have about a third of them, maybe ethnic minority. It's a, it's a known, broadly known fact that most people from Africa, most, not most people, but the ailment from Africa is blood pressure, diabetes and the like. So if your vending machine has nothing, to supplement their energy while they're working and they go for the sugar and that obviously, I mean, their health would suffer along the way because they, I mean, if they, do, if they forget their lunch at home or something like that. So mm. why don't we look into what are the common snacks that everybody can enjoy? You can enjoy Leanne, I can tell yeah. you. Exactly. Like, That's uh, the plant, human. Yeah. It yeah all it, trust me, yeah. it would benefit everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge problem in this country. So all of those things need to be, yeah addressed but no you're right i'm not trying to make light of that i that makes sense no, no i'm just me, saying that that's that's something that's that's the simplest inclusion i can even point to i don't think a lot of people think about it like that so that's why i'm <laughs> glad you're bringing this stuff up and that's why we're really pleased to have on omaladi williams and we're trying to get an understanding what's going on in the workplace what's going on for people who are coming to a new country trying to get a job immigrant life there's more to it than just there's my country give me a job I'm going to live my life. It's way more complex than that. If anybody thought it was simple, in fact, in this country, you know, I used to teach history and uh, I'm, so I'm very familiar with the repetitive, repetitive nature of immigrant uh, brutality at some points and blaming and scapegoating. And it's gone on in the United States forever. It goes on today, just like it did 200 years ago. And it's a damn shame. Mm -hmm. It's always been a shame, but that's why we have you on here. We're trying to get an understanding of what we can do. We want to talk solutions. We have... You know, oh. we have about another 15 minutes or so. So what are some more solutions that we could talk about? Because our audience, Ed says, I find this topic very interesting. So oh, people you. are, yeah, people are curious and they want to know how they could be part of a solution. I'll give you a flip side to that. So I talk about immigrants coming in black from African continents that maybe have not traveled or traveled and they have accents and all that. I have an accent. My mom, my mom lived in Jamaica for 20 years, so I did do a lot of traveling out there. Beautiful. I have been to Africa, I've lived in Africa for some time, and I had to learn 
to communicate with English, French, German, and Spanish people, Italian, while I was in England because of my job took me to those countries. So I have an accent. However, one of the things also I envisaged, um, I experienced was that words we use. So we may even speak proper English, right? Maybe not with the Canadian accent like now, Mm-hmm. But then we use words differently. Oh, it means different things. Like we talk about chips. You're thinking about the bag of chips, the salty bag chips. We're talking right. about fries. Mm, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. My 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 manager was really mad at me when I used the word um, torchlight. It's referred to as flashlight here. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So he thought I was going to torch the farm or something. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> So these are things that we stop and think and say, what do you mean by that? That we don't understand rather than take a miscommunication. Exactly. It's an innocent miscommunication. Exactly. That goes too with, so last week we talked about uh, the book, The Four Agreements. And one of them is just don't make assumptions. And we make so many assumptions. You were saying, we were talking um, and you had said about how um, these celebrities and these TV um, things are making Africa, which I never thought about until you said this. Oh, about the charity, the charity. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and I never thought about it, but the, and, and correct me if you're, if I'm wrong when you're saying this, but they, what you were kind of getting at is that there's so many, so much charity of, we're going to build a school in Africa and we are going to feed the children mm-hmm. of Africa and we are going to do this of Africa. And then somebody comes from Africa with their masters, ready to go, totally educated, can speak English. They're going to like benefit your company so much. And then they look at it like, were you, were you, is that where you came from? Is from the, so you don't have schools. So how, how are you educated? Like I never put, and I'm completely naive, but I never put those two together. And as soon as you said that, I thought, holy mackerel. Yeah. It's, Mm-hmm. They're not doing it justice. No. So. Well, I it's mean, an endless it's, cycle of. Sorry. Yeah. But it's just education. It's just education. It is. it is. I'm not saying that people just go out and just look at it. I don't believe. But when kids see that, and I did it to my kids too. I have to admit that because when my kids were misbehaving in England and I said, listen, you guys don't want to stay here. You're not behaving. You're not keeping your room clean. I'm taking your PSP from you. Look at the kids on the television that they're hungry. I'm going to give it to them. You know, (laughs) so we do. However, it would be nice that we are seen to be very intelligent, smart, you know, and that we know what we're talking about. We have the experience. We walked it. They they're saying that I because after you said that, I was just I started researching all this kind of stuff. And so they're they're talking about how Africa is the emerging market for fintech technology, like for getting better. Yeah, it's huge there. So that just blew my mind. Like, why wouldn't you know this in the, like you're in the tech industry and that's what you're trying to do too, is you're trying to get people um, into those kinds of jobs and stuff. So I, I just, I don't know. It, 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 I, I know. And I mean, this is a subject that can go on because everybody has their own connotation and understanding of it. Because mm-hmm. again, it's, it's um, what I find again is acceptable I mean, or understandable that the Asians talk in a particular way. 
And sometimes they can be very distressed. And I feel sometimes, I feel that they could be disrespectful sometimes with the, with the passion. But I find that of the French and certain aspects of the Italians, they come across really sometimes really aggressive, but right. no, that's the way mm -hmm. they speak. Right. But then us black people, when we do that is, oh, oh, you're very intimidating. Right. So there's so li there are little things like, um, for example, when I was at the call center, they would say um, pyjama day today. We don't wear pyjamas out of our house. Mm -hmm. So why don't you have a cultural day today? Like you have a Jersey day today, for example. Yeah. You know, wear something that's cultural or whatever it is. Wear pyjama day. Yeah. Right. So the Americans and Canadians can go in their pyjamas because that's our culture. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You know, Ed says that uh, he doesn't want this to sound stupid, but movies, TV, news, books, etc., can really help learning about diversity. He says, for example, the show Mike and Abishola teaches me a lot about African culture. Oh, but isn't oh. that right there? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't saying African culture right there? Isn't that already a misnomer, a mistake? It's too broad. It's not just one African culture. Yeah. You're no right. offense, Ed. I'm not, you're not stupid, Ed. You're a good guy. So. No, no, no. And he's right. Well, that's why I said you don't need to go understand every single country, but you have to understand that with diversity and inclusion, that there's culture that drives that. Right. For diversity to, to work effectively, for you to feel included, then there should be some amount of culture taken into consideration. That's my take. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because the way we approach, the way we speak, we speak proper sometimes, some of us don't. But if you see we do not mock in with you, with your swearing and all that, then don't think that we are super, we're, being, we're not used to it. Right. Right. You know, we, we, we weren't brought up like that. We go to school and we it's have to shock. learn. It's just, and one of the key things is that when we're in, in, um, in Africa, for example, you don't move to the next class until you pass your exams. The exams to be taken. Mm -hmm. So here you go, here, here you just go because of your age. It doesn't work like that. You could sit in a class with, you could be 10 years old and be sitting in a class with somebody who's 16. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they make sure that education is really ingrained and that you understand before you go to the next class. So that's why sometimes our approach is ensuring that we understand before we do anything. But sometimes it seems as though we don't know what we're talking about or why we're asking these questions. It's understanding before you take the next step. Right. Did, I don't, did we cover this earlier? I could be a total moron for this, but what brought you here to Canada? Why did you come here? Did we already explain this? Because I feel like I don't know. Why I came? No, I came. I came. I, I, I've always wanted to come to Canada because I wanted to expose my kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, England is so like so so much better, so much similar to Canada. And one of the things about Canada is that it shares it shares um, both Canada and sorry both um, um, U US and UK's um, principles. So you have the Parliament on the political side of it, and you have the U.S. for the business side of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my kids, I mean, I have to say, even though, I mean, but they're smart kids. And mm -hmm. since they started telling me when they were about nine, 10, that they wanted to go to Harvard and uh, just go, I said, not even if I sold my house would I be able to afford for <laughs> yeah. you to go. So, <laughs> right. so I wanted to broaden because I worked, I worked also for um, a Japanese company and made, it gave me room to travel and understand. 
and get all the and different Yeah. So I wanted my kids to be very well exposed so that they know how to get on with people. Same thing, culture and inclusion. And like you said, yeah, now it, like in the beginning when you were saying you didn't think it was going to be six years before you get a job because you were coming over, you were educated and you were mm-hmm. coming over on the skilled visa. So it was like you're pretty much set that, okay, great. I have done everything that I need to do. I'm doing everything by the book. And now it should just be, it should have been a very easy come in. And now, sure, maybe you wouldn't have had the CEO job of some tech company. Like anybody, you come in and then, and you work your way up. But that wasn't even happening. That wasn't happening. Okay. Okay. So one, (laughs) one, it's just, it's frustrating. And it's, I mean, nothing is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I just, I'm always can't believe that it's as bad as it yes, is. I always you're like my to, sweet, naive, wonderful girlfriend. So. Just always, I just, everything that you're saying about the simplicity of, okay, Muslim people have to go to church on Fridays, mosque. Yeah. the mosque, right? Yes, sorry. Um, they go, and so now they can put the same amount of hours in, they can get the job done. If they just do, you know, like a couple hours every day. So they work 10 hours a day instead of eight hours a day and then they make up for it, whatever. It makes sense. It sounds super simple. And the things that you were talking about, even even them praying during the day, you can go out and smoke all you want. But then heaven forbid you go out and spend the same amount of time and do something. So then you're rejuvenated when you come back in. It's very possible. It's very possible. The last job I worked at, I had a friend and he was from Africa. And he brought his, he was Muslim and he brought his prayer mat and he was allowed to go pray as much as he wanted to. So it is possible to make this happen. You know, he would, it was a valet, it was a valet job and he would stick the mat in our valet stand and leave it in there. And it was always there. So you see, the thing it's not so much educating, it's not so much that, but it's educating the workforce, the HR to understand that you have that accommodation. And then your, and then your frontline supervisor or manager to understand that they should allow that and share it among the among your colleagues so that they don't feel that you're giving special treatment to create right do you understand what i'm saying so it's for me it's education along the way and across the board i make it a culture that way yeah organizational culture yeah. And he was from Sudan, you know, not just from Africa. Oh. There's countries in Africa, by the way. There's a lot of them. Oh. And Sudan is where he was from. So it's important that we really start to... Boy, I, I mean, if we, we got about five minutes left here. Do If people go to your website, what would they get from it? What can you provide to people? Or are you just trying to spread the word? Like, how do you see yourself in this role right now? I am trying to spread the word so that they know that I'm available, so employers can take have I mean engage me. Just to do even even just simplicity, just to ensure that they're they're inclusive enough or they accommodating enough, you know. Consultation that, that makes sense. Consul- yes, yeah, consultation. They can do that. They can website to figure out what they want because I cover empowerment knowledge. So I mean, I'm sharing mentorship because we have esteemed um, people. Um, Black, black professionals out here who can also, and also we look after, we also help um, graduates as well because they come into the, they attend the university, but they are not aware of what resources are available for them. So as graduates, in general speaking, as graduates or professional people heat in Windsor, let me speak for Windsor, there is a gap 
in, in provision for graduates and professional people seeking work. There's a huge gap in, in that because they're, they're, as far as I know, organizations are not equipped to be able to, hand, to, to deal or manage professionals coming in who already have a resume, who have skill, years of skills behind them, how to help them navigate this, the, the system for them to get a job, maybe not as not to the level they were when they, before they left their country, but at least an entry level. Mm -hmm. And then you it's know? frustrating because the organizations that we do have in place here don't get it either. So that's the frustrating yeah. part as well. I, I wouldn't say they don't get it. I don't. I think it's a case of they think they know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they don't know what they don't know. Right. Maybe Good that's point. also almost worse than being totally ignorant of it to think you have it figured out because that kind of gives the comfort to these people that, oh, we're good now. We're moving forward. Mm -hmm. We solved that issue. Mm -hmm. ah. Now, that is that is really eye opening. And, you know, this conversation has been so interesting. We're speaking, of course, with Omaladi Williams. Please follow her on Twitter at BLAXS, BLACSS, BLACS underscore CA, and the website. B-L-A-C-S, blackcess.ca. She can, do you, I know you focus and live in Canada, but uh, if a if a company reached out from the United States, do you think that you could be helpful oh, to yeah, them too? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to limit it. I just wanted to double check. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just to put the word out there. I want to look at it for, I'm dealing and handling inclusion culture from the positive angle. Mm -hmm. It has to be something that's fun enjoyable that makes it easy it makes it a seamless um um integration you're not looking I, to it, come down on people no and, because yeah. you see what what's happening is that everybody's walking around each other on eggshells it's a very uncomfortable i feel it you don't have to say it i feel it yeah. it's really bad right now it's gotten worse since last year yeah. because i cannot even have a white joke with you right now because then i'll be termed discriminator or racist right oh wow that's right. Just like, really just like they attacked, they attacked it. Oh, so last thing I'm going to say is, as a black woman asking a, a white person to help me promote a material for black community to get to, to learn from, they slaughtered her with words, gutter words, white supremacist and all that. Because I provided her with the information. And Come they on. said, they said in turn, when she tried to explain that, I gave her the information. They said, I'm token, and I was that she's trying to throw me under the bus. That, so uh, it, it is education. Right, right. And, but you're doing this, you're doing this at a really good time because corporations, if you're listening as a, as a corporate recruiter or whatever, they are trying to change culture inside of the corporations right now, not even about inclusion, just the fact that people don't want to work in corporation anymore. Corporate has such a bad name because nobody wants to go in because nobody cares about the mental health of it. Okay. So this is the perfect time that if any corporation or if you work for a corporation that you know that they are open to changing the corporate culture so then they can be more open for mental health. This is a huge part of it because not only are they going to understand inclusion when it comes to cultural diversity, they're going to understand inclusion with human people. Like we just need to be included, all of us. People, I think 
Ed came on and there was a part there where he was saying about how he, for his mental health, is allowed to be able to pray and meditate for his mental health. It's the same thing. And once they realize that we're all people, and I know that sounds super naive and like easy and like butterfly, but it's true. We just need to have inclusion and be open to everybody that is out there. So sure, it's, um, I think you're doing a really, really great thing. Omolade. And I know it's not easy. Um, so I just, I thank you so, so much. And I just love that you're having the conversation with as many people as you can. So, and you are like one of the sweetest people. So I knew that it was going to be like a really good conversation because you're, you are very open and that's all that we need. We just need to have those conversations. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to put the word out. And also, I mean, at any point in time, anyone can contact me. No, there, there are no limits. I'm not holding back. You yes. ask because that's the only way you get educated. Yes. And you can communicate better once you yes. understand how. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful. Thank you. I want to say, I say one last thing. Oh, wait, I want to say one last thing. Uh, the f- white people feel afraid to ask black people or that or people that are not a culture that they think they're not have related to in a cultural way for any type of questions, really. There's a fear that is starting to build up there, and I'm not. It could be for a bunch of different reasons. But what do you say to that? Can we? Can we kind of? That needs Good. to stop, right? Great it's okay question. to ask honest, as long as you're not being cruel in any way, right? Or is it? Conf- is it difficult? As I said, we all walk, we're walking around each other on eggshells, and I don't like it. Feel free. Yes. And from my own point, feel free because if you don't ask, you will know. Mm-hmm. And when you do things, then you get, when you do anything that is wrong, which is termed wrong, because we have a number of, a lot of unbiased, um, unconscious, unbiased, uh, sorry, what's the word for it? Unconscious bias or unconscious people that just don't know that they're saying the wrong thing, right? right? Yeah. So we need to be open. We, sh- we should be open to hear them. And you right. should feel free to ask questions. Right. Just like I ask you, I would ask you, what's, made, what's in the burger that you serve him? Is it pork or meat? Right. Why don't you feel the same way to ask me? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you made yeah. a good point about the water cooler, that if you're at the water cooler and you're going to say where you come from, there's two different ways of asking it. And so your mm-hmm. delivery is huge. And I feel if everybody could just be more kind to each other and then ask the questions, then they'll be mm-hmm. more open to it because you can, you can get people very defensive very quickly when we have these conversations, or you can come from a very curious place and then it opens up the conversation. In those. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's mm. what we're all about here. Ed says, good luck, Omaladi. He really thank appreciate you. you, Ed. Thank you yes, for your thank participation. You, all the other viewers who watched and were participating, even if you're just listening, we welcome mm-hmm. you here. Omaladi is fantastic. We're going to have you back on. You're welcome back on the show anytime. We'll keep yeah, this conversation going. Let's not be thank afraid you. to ask questions because we're all about being open here. That's why we do this show. You know, 61 episodes of just trying to cut through the crap and get honest. And and please feel free to drop me any questions that they didn't feel that they could drop in at the time and so I can take a look at how to address it. Yes, Thank please you. go to our website, Blackcess, B-L-A Access, Blackcess.ca or follow her on Twitter, capital B-L-A Access, Blackcess without the K underscore C-A. You could DM her, contact her. I know that Omaladi is happy to be of service and that's why we had her on. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So next week, we will move forward and talk about other issues, but this mm-hmm. issue will always be here. All of these issues we talk about in the show, they're all currently happening simultaneously. And 
uh, we just hope that we can spread the word. And yeah. next week, keep spreading the word. But don't forget, yeah. Book Club Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Please come to the book club if you want to be a part of a new book. We're picking one tomorrow night, right, Leanne? We've already picked it. Oh, we've we did already, it. Look at me. I don't even yeah, know. <laughs> we've already picked it. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you will see it when you believe it by Wayne Dyer. So that starts oh, in two okay. weeks. Um, so that is, yeah, but it's still two weeks. So we've got two more weeks of the beautiful Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> All right. Great. And, um, and uh, like Omalati said, if you're uncomfortable asking the question, ask us and then we will direct it and it doesn't have to, it can be anonymous. Um, and we will get you the answers too. But Omalati, she's just so wonderful. And you can have any conversation with her. Yes, I'm really Thank glad you. we got to do this. Thank you so much, Emilani. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.